They've been here since 8 o'clock this morning. Bless God for Brother T.J. Williams. Amen. Mother, Mother Williams, you like that. That's your grandson singing. T.J. is a young man with an old school anointing. Amen. Thank God so very much for them. Just before we get into the word, to the beautiful sisters of Delta Sigma Theta, welcome to Bible Way. So glad to have you. Amen. I was reminded when I was a student at Benedict College, they said you had to step up your game to date a Delta. Sister, now granted, I already had my girlfriend, so I just want to clarify what my homeboy said. That you have to step up your dang game to date a Delta girl, but I'm just so glad that you've chosen to be here at Bible Way. Bible Way, give God a hand of praise for the sisters of Delta Sigma Theta. There's a word from the Lord as we continue this series of messages, series simply entitled A Time of Harvest. God has invited us this eighth message of the series to revisit the theme scripture for the year. That is Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9, the New Living Translation. Has anyone gotten anything out of the word this year? Amen. Amen. Thank God for the word this year. And I thank God for just being in this place and sending a right now word. God reminds me all the time that his word is greater than any preacher. And even if I thought about taking credit, God reminded me in the Bible he did speak through a jackass once. Now that's scripture, y'all, so don't look at me like that. Am, am I right, mother? <laughs> she, she, she's laughing at me. I know she's going to get me, but God just reminded me if he did, if he can speak through a jackass, he can still use somebody like me and somebody like you and anybody else. Amen. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9, the New Living Translation. And it reads, so let's not get tired of doing what is good at just the right time. We will reap a harvest of blessing. And here's where the subject is found. If we don't give up or at just the right time, we will reap harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Look at someone that is standing next to you and say to them, here's the subject for today's message. Look at them and say to them, don't give up. Look behind you and tell somebody, don't give up. Wave at somebody in the balcony and say, don't give up. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. It has been said that perhaps the two greatest attributes one who is expecting a harvest can have are the attributes of patience. Somebody say patience and perseverance. If you are ever going to reap a harvest, you will need patience and perseverance. I am convinced that if you don't have these attributes in your life, it will be difficult for you to reap the harvest you so desire. Listen to this definition of patience that I discovered. I've heard many throughout the years of patience, but this one stood out to me. In fact, I asked them to put it on the board so that you can see it. Patience, according to this, this interpretation, definition, is defined as the willingness to stay where we are. Look at somebody and say, stay put. 
Patience is the willingness to stay where we are and live the situation out to its fullest in the belief that something that is hidden will one day manifest itself to us. That's patience. Stay put. Shall not be moved. I ain't going nowhere. Excuse the grammar. I'm going to be right here. And I'm going to wait until God gets ready. Woo. Job in chapter 14, verse 14, the King James Version, the latter part of that verse, he says, and all the days of my appointed time will I wait till my change come. That's what patience is. Patience is waiting on your breakthrough. Expecting God to do it and waiting until God does it. That's what it is. It's, it's, it's not hoping God would do it and, and maybe God can do it. It is expecting God to do it. Woo! And I'm encouraged enough to wait until God does what God says he would do. Listen, the other word is perseverance. The word perseverance is defined as persistent. Somebody say persistent. Determination. Or simply put in one word, tenacity. That is what perseverance is. It is tenacity. It is being persistent. Twelfth verse of James, the first chapter, says this, the NIV translation. I want to read this verse for you. It is a powerful verse. It says this, Bless is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test. Mm, thank you, Holy Ghost. That person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Who will receive it? The one who stands the test. The one who takes a licking but keeps on ticking. One that know how to say hallelujah anyhow. Though these problems weigh me down, I hold my head up high and say hallelujah anyhow. Is there anybody in here that uh, learned how to praise God in the midst of what you're going through? You, you just refuse to give up. I'm preaching to somebody now. The, the, the enemy has started to worry if his attack on you is worth the effort. Devil says, seems like the more I come after her, the more she prays. The harder he prays and stronger he gets. The, the more I take from them. Woo! Thank God Almighty. Seems like the more they praise the Lord their God. See, see what, what the enemy does not know because the devil, unlike God, is not omniscient. Simply means he doesn't know everything. Satan knows what he sees and what you tell him. You'll catch that tomorrow. And since he doesn't know everything, he assumes that if I can take some stuff from you, I can get you to turn your back on God. But what he should have figured out is that you are used to not having much. And so if you lose the little bit you do have, help me, Holy Ghost. Look at somebody and say, I'm used to praising God broke. I don't get discouraged when I lose money. I'm used to praising God broke. There is a wonderful quote Brother Cedric, Dr. Helms, that says in the 20s when the stock market crashed, they say all kinds of people committed suicide and jumped out of windows on Wall Street. They said, but they took notice afterwards. No broke people 
jumped out of the window. I wish I could preach. If you are used to eating chicken feet and cornbread and grease, it doesn't bother you when the stock market crash because you've been broke before. I'll just wait until God turns it around again. Look at somebody say, he'll turn it around. Yes, he will. Listen, I, I, I have come. I have come to the realization, to the conclusion that so many of us often miss out on our harvest of blessings simply because we are too impatient and timid and do not possess the fortitude to persevere when things are not going your way. So what if folk talk about you? Good God Almighty. Why you get discouraged? Stop coming to church because demons talk about you. Look at somebody and say, that's what demons do. I'm not surprised when demons discourage. That's what demons, I expect demons to discourage me. But I tell those demons, come with your best shot. Because I'll be back next week. How many of you have taken the devil's best shot and you're still standing? We've got to have the fortitude to, pres to persevere. Things are not going our way. Uh, even when things are not going as quick as we desire that they would go, we still must hold on, trust God in the midst of whatever we are going through. Even when you don't understand him, we must still trust God. Yes, my brothers and sisters, we give up at times too easily. We become an easy target for the enemy. If all it takes is some no Holy Ghost demon to start a rumor about you, and that takes your Holy Ghost joy, then you need to recheck yourself. Come on. Look at somebody and say, come on. Got to be stronger than that. I mean, if, if everybody gave up because somebody out there doesn't like you, trying to discourage. I said to the church this morning, how many of us can go to our jobs and say, I'm going to take the next three weeks off because I can't deal with my demonic acting co-worker. They're getting on my nerves. I won't see y'all in three weeks. They said, no, I've got better news. Take the year off. In fact, take the rest of your life off because you won't have a job when you come back. Only God put up with our mess. Preach Pastor Jackson. Only God put up with our mood swings, idiosyncrasies, all the other stuff that we go through. Only God put up with our attitudes, with us getting upset at other people, taking it out on God. We've got to learn how not to give up so easily. We are often influenced by the voices of negativity in our ears and in our lives that are constantly pushing us to just quit and walk away. There's a wonderful reference of scripture that's found in Numbers chapter 13. We, we talked about it briefly on Tuesday night as we introduced Caleb as a man of faith. Numbers chapter 13 is an interesting scripture because God gave Moses some clear examples. If you read the text, and I went back again this morning just to read it, God never told them to go and see if you are able to defeat the enemy. Brother Jeff, God didn't say that because God knew the enemy was already defeated. God said, go check out the land and see how the soil is and see what kind of fruit are in the land and see, see what great things are in the land. And when you find the fruit, bring some back so that you can see what you are about to get. 
God said to Moses, choose 12 men, one from each tribe. Get the strongest and the greatest warrior and send them there. And they went and spent 40 days in their land of promise that God had already said belonged to them. Good God Almighty. You didn't have to go and assess whether you can defeat the enemy. God, God is like a good lawyer in a courtroom. I re remember being in law school taking constitutional law. One of my professors, a Professor Warlock, said this, you never ask a question you don't already know the answer. And so I thought about this, and I said, God never sends you to inquire about something that he doesn't already know how it's going to turn out. Elder Robert Wilson, when God tells you to go check out your land, that means it's already yours. You don't have to go see if I can defeat the enemy. God said, no, no, hold up. They're already defeated. I just wanted you to go check out their stuff to see what you're going to be blessed with. But because of negativity, because the majority, 10 out of 12 of them, said this. They came back with what verse 32, chapter 13 of Numbers said was a bad report. They came back and they confirmed that the land was rich. They brought the grapes back, took two men to carry one cluster of grapes. They bought figs and other fruit back. But then they says, but we discovered something. We, we discovered that there were giants in the land. Uh, God could have said to them, you didn't discover anything. I knew there were giants when I sent you there. But they were irrelevant because they were already defeated. God doesn't have to highlight what he has already defeated. Oh, somebody will catch it in the parking lot. You, you're wondering, Lord, why didn't you tell me it would be so hard? God said, why do I have to point out to you what I've already defeated? So they came back, verse 32 says, with a bad report. And they said to Moses, we saw giants who descended from other giants, and they were larger and greater than we are. And then there was something in verse 33 that stood out to me, and I've been thinking about this scripture for over three years and haven't preached this message yet. There's a clause in verse 33 and says, uh, we seemed like grasshoppers in our own sight. That's what the text says. Look at it. In fact, it says, we saw them there. It says, and we looked the same. Like He says, we seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes. God gave me a message four years ago, and I'm still working on it, called Overcoming the Spirit of Seem Like. It seemed like I'm not going to make it. It seemed like they don't like me. It seemed like it's going to be hard. God said we've got to have something in us that overcome the spirit of seem like. Look at somebody and say, seem like doesn't matter when you already know what God said. We seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And we look the same to them. So what you think of you is what the enemy see you as. If you think of yourself as a grasshopper, the enemy is going to call you a grasshopper. But if you say, I am more than a conqueror, I can do all things through Christ that strengthened me. Uh, if, if you say when you come in one way, you've got to flee seven different ways, the enemy will change its perspective of you because the enemy takes its key from your perception of yourself. We seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes. God says if we are going to make it, we have to overcome the voices of negativity that speaks against our destiny. Voices that speak against what God has already declared about us. Sadly, oftentimes, 
we give up just before our season of harvest. Sadly, we give up just before the breakthrough. We've been through so much. You've endured so much. You've waited so long. And because you get discouraged that it hasn't happened yet, you give up and you forfeit all the good effort that you put in time before. God gave me this analogy. God said, it is like a farmer after months of cultivating his ground, after months of planting seeds, watering the ground, keeping the weeds out, become discouraged simply because the harvest has not happened fast enough. What no farmer can predict is when the seed's going to turn into a plant. All you've got to do is take consolation in knowing that you put a seed in the ground. You've done all you know how to do. Now it's up to God to turn your seed into a plant. You've got to wait until God gets ready because when you think it's time, God may know there's an early frost coming and if I allow it to bloom too soon, you're going to lose what could be your harvest. So you don't know what God is up to, but you've got to trust God. Yeah, yeah. I spoke this yesterday. You were there, Minister Jeff, in the funeral of this 21-year-old wonderful young man. And God gave me a message that I'm working on again for this congregation, but I felt like sharing it yesterday called the mystery of godliness. And in that message, Mother, God said to me, there are times in our lives in which we find ourselves questioning God. And in fact, I told the church yesterday there are times in our life, and I've been there, when we have been downright angry at God. I'm not alone. Are there some other folk in here? Do you say, Lord, why my mama? Why my daddy? Why other people? Why this 21-year-old young man who is a great college student who loves other people, and there's some drug dealers out there who's never been to church, don't like nobody, stealing from everybody, shooting everybody, causing nothing but crime and havoc in people's lives, and they seem to live healthy lives for a long time. Why is it? that this beautiful woman of God get multiple sclerosis. Why is it she has lupus? Why he has cancer? And the alcoholic and the drug addict and the pimp seem to be doing all right. Sometimes we're downright angry at God. And God gave me the answer, Marlon. God gave me three reasons. I'll share with you just the first one. He gave me, first thing he told me is, number one, I don't owe you an explanation. Pastor Lawson, that's what he told me. God says, I don't owe you anything. He said, when I woke you up this morning, that was your explanation. When I keep putting food on your table, that was me. When I kept harm from harming and destroying you, that was me. Why do I need to give you an explanation? Lean not into thine own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Can I preach? Encourage somebody to say, God doesn't owe you an explanation. And if God is taking his time, that's God's business. God doesn't have to explain to you why he took so long and why he didn't bless you in 2017. God said, if I choose to do it in 2018, it's because that's when I think I'm ready to do it. But if it takes me two more years, You've got to trust me to know that I know what I'm doing. I'm preaching to somebody that the devil has hoodwinked you to somehow convince you that God owes you an explanation. God says some folk are allowed to suffer like Job because I know you can take it. And I know when other folks see your testimony, when they see you come in here, brother Johnsonette, and in that wheelchair Sunday after Sunday, God says you are a godly example. And you don't know it, but you encourage somebody else. Some of you, God can't trust to put nothing on you because God knows you will give up the moment you go through something. 
Paul puts it this way, count it all. Look at somebody and say, it's nothing but joy. God chooses to allow affliction to come on you. Perhaps it is because God knows you can be an example. And so any farmer who does all of that and give up just before uh, there is time to harvest have wasted his time. What the farmer does not know is just beneath the ground. Ooh. Seed is about to turn into a plant. I'm preaching to somebody. Look at your neighbor and say, just beneath your stuff, just beneath your heartaches and hardships and crying, God is about to turn your seed into a beautiful plant. You don't know it because you can't see what's beneath the ground. But God said, if you can just hold on a little while longer, I'm about to do something in your life. So here's what God told me. God said, as people of faith, we shall live our lives knowing that we may get knocked down, run over. We may go through heartaches and hardships. We, we may have folk lie on us, but there ought to be one consolation. There ought to be a theme running through our lives to tell the devil quitting is not an option. Look at somebody and say, quitting is not an option. If I've got to cry, let me cry. If I've got to lose everything I've got, let me lose it. Ah, but quitting is not an option. How many of you are strong enough to shake your finger in the devil's face and say quitting is not an option? Though he slay me, yet will I. You've got to have gone through something to have this testimony. Perhaps some of you have never gone through anything, but I need at least three or four hundred folk to jump to your feet and say quitting is not even an option. Look at somebody and say, I'll see you here next week. I don't care what my week looks like. I don't care what I've got to go through. Save my seat because I'll see you back here giving God a praise. Yeah, 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 y'all. Y'all are gonna make me preach this. So take a praise break. You got about 30 seconds to give God your best. down before the devil gets mad. Woo. Some of you had a rough week last week. Woo. Good God Almighty. Some of you have had a rough month. 2018 perhaps has not gone the way you had hoped that it would go. But just in case the enemy thinks you're about to give up, throw your head back say quitting is not an option. Tell him, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall always be in my mouth. I shall make a boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name. Together. I'm trying to get to the text I'm trying to get to the text But somebody one more time Get on the devil's nerve And just jump one time Say I'm still here If you knew my story, if you knew my story, 
Can somebody say, if you knew my story, if you knew what I had to go through just to get dressed and come to church this morning, you would praise God with me. Still here. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. Woo! Paul writes this very significant text around A.D. 49. The date is significant because it was the height of the early Christian persecution. <laughs> Folk like Nero were sewing up believers, putting them in arenas, allowing wild animals to devour their bodies. Folk were being crucified upside down, and having their heads chopped off. And having their families stripped from them simply because they profess their faith in Jesus the Christ. And so Paul writes to a group of church in southern Galatia because he wanted to encourage these that he established in their faith doing his first missionary journey. Paul was confronted with the naysayers and haters who were trying to discourage the believers. They were talking against the wonders of God's grace. They were saying to the Galatians that there is no such thing as the grace of God. There is no mercy in the God you serve. If you die, you're going to die in vain. And if you go through what you're going to go through, it is no uh, thing as the grace of God. And Paul takes his pen and writes this epistle to the Galatians, these emotional, spiritually immature believers who were being influenced by false teaching. Paul's own apostolic authority was being challenged by the haters. They even said to the Galatians that this, this father in the gospel by the name of Paul used to be a persecutor and he was a liar. He was a Sadducee and a Hebrew of Hebrews. He has no authority. Paul said, let me tell you that my authority is not in my credentials, but it is in the God that I serve. And so Paul tries to encourage them in the text, and he tells them, don't get discouraged, for you will reap what you sow. And when you sow to the flesh, you reap corruption. But when you sow in the spirit, you reap life and joy. But then Paul transitions towards the end. And Paul said, let us not grow tired when we're doing good. The King James puts it this way. Let us not grow weary in well-doing. In other words, you're doing good. You're holding out. Don't let the naysayers discourage you to turn your back on God. Don't get tired when you're doing good. Then Paul begins to say to them, at just the right time, stay right there for a minute and look at somebody and say, neighbor, not your time, not my time, but at just the right time. When God gets ready, old folks say you got to move. When God gets ready, God will bless you. If it takes you weeks or days or months or years, you got to just trust that the God you serve has not forgotten about you. And at the right time, God will turn your situation around. 
All I need is about 50 witnesses to shout one time. I know that's right. Come on, Zion. Paul said, don't get tired doing what is good. I know it gets hard because it seems like the more good you do for some people, the more they despise you. And uh, the greater your anointing, the greater level of your haters. It seems like the more you worship God, the more the demons fight you. But wear it as a badge of honor and count it all joy and know that the reason the devil messes with you is because he doesn't have you. He doesn't have to mess with what he already has. You ought to thank God that God counted worthy for you to even go through the test. Let us not get tired of doing what is good, but at just the right time. Look at the next few words. It speaks in the affirmative. There is no doubt or wavering. He simply says, we will reap a harvest. Not you may one day, there's a chance, but no, you will reap a harvest. Curse somebody and say, you are going to get it. It's yours. It has your name on it. There's a blessing waiting on you on the other side of what you got to go through. Can I preach to somebody? Look at your seat mate and say, if you can get through this, there's a blessing with your name on it. You may have to cry sometimes. Trouble in my way. I had to cry sometimes. I laid awake at night. But that's all right. Anybody know that Jesus, I feel like preaching. I need a few witnesses to know that it's already done. Give God your greatest praise and say, Lord, I thank you. Thank you. Listen, we will, we will reap a harvest of blessings. And this is the part I like. I am almost done. Stand to your feet. Mm. Tell somebody, neighbor, excuse me. I know it's flu season and we ought not be doing all that touching, but Every now and then, we've got to touch and agree on something. Can I just get a witness? Cross the aisles and join hands with somebody. Come on, Zion. We're going to put this in the atmosphere, all in the balcony, on the choir. Wherever you are, we're going to put gonna put it in the atmosphere come on get you a prayer partner do it like the old folk do it sing it oh y'all young folk ain't used to that because Thompson you know what I'm talking about every now and then you got it come on Zion Say, neighbor, you will reap a harvest of blessings if you don't give up. If you don't give up. If you won't quit. If you can hold on a little while longer. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Look at somebody and say, neighbor. I feel like pressing my way. I feel like going on. Though trials come on every side, 
Come on, Bill. Come on. I feel like. I feel like. I feel like. Going on. I feel like. I'm going to come through this. Touch three people on your way to the altar and say, don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. You can make it. Press on. Press on. Come on. Woo! Come on. Put a dance on it. all over this place. It takes more than a dead battery to stop this anointing. There's a wonderful song. 
old school song that I asked Brother Builder saying, I feel like going on. Whew. Though trials come on every hand, anybody know that I feel like going, I feel like pressing my way. It's not going to be easy, but I feel like pressing my way. Though trials come on every hand, Woo! look at somebody and say, I feel like pressing my way. Come on now. Lift those hands and worship with it. Sing like yeah. oh. I know it gets hard sometimes, but that's all right. I feel Ooh, like yeah, 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 yeah. going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got to run on. Sing your song, yeah. Church, I feel somebody needs to hear this song. Like going, I gotta go on. God told us to change the song and sing this. I feel, I feel. Yeah, yeah. Somebody, somebody, I feel. Yeah, yeah. Going on. It gets hard sometimes, but don't give up. Don't try Your darkest hour. Don't quit. Keep going. I feel like I feel like it, Lord. Just wave those hands before the those hands God reminded me of something during the 8 o'clock service met us here in such a powerful way we had souls to give their life to the Lord and join the church and said I need God to do something in my life it begins with a relationship the reason you don't quit is because your relationship with God is deeper than just attending church. You have to become the church. I'm not talking about the church organization, church structures, because I must confess there are times church organizations get messy. But this that we're talking about is greater than an organization. It's greater than denomination. It is you becoming what God expects of you. You don't have to be perfect, just willing. So many of you faithfully, week after week, you show up. You made the decision to worship God. And now I'm hearing God says, it's time to make that other decision. To have him come in your life. Make a commitment to him that far exceeds just attending a worship service. 
here I am, Lord. I'm committed to something greater than myself. Because there will be times in our lives in which we don't feel like going on. There will be times in our lives in which sickness and adversity, hardship and heartaches will come to steal our joy. But when our relationship with God is deeper than just a visit to church, when we are committed to someone greater than ourselves, then we have the fortitude, we have the strength to tell the devil, get behind me, Satan. I know whose I am. And I know what God has said about me. God wants you to be blessed today. After this prayer, if you're ready to take that next step, I'll wait right here at this altar. Ooh, we all are broken vessels. We all are imperfect vessels. Ooh. In fact, God told me sometimes there is some beauty in our imperfection. Ooh. The Asian word for that is called wabasabe, which simply means the beauty of imperfection. That when other folks see scars and other folks see a damaged vessel, God sees something that he could use. Ooh. Ooh. So look at somebody and say, God wants to use you. God's calling you this morning, this, this afternoon. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Lord. Because though trials come on every hand we're going on we will persevere we will have the patience to wait we know that there is a blessed harvest waiting for us if we don't give up <laughs> so we say to every demon in our life you should have stopped me when you had a chance Ooh, it's too late now <laughs> you made that commitment you you are taking that next step whew, towards your relationship with the Lord. We say thank you, Lord. We know that you are more than a conqueror. We know that God can bless you to reap a beautiful, blessed harvest. Whew. Seed is in the ground. <laughs> the seed is about to turn into a plant. Whew. Plant will turn into a crop crop waiting to be harnessed with your name on it. This is our prayer and Jesus name we pray. Those who know it is so said amen. Put your arms around somebody and say don't give up. Tell them don't give up. Come on if you want to make that commitment, you want to join the church, you want to recommit your life to the Lord. Come on take that step right now. Don't you? That's right. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Amen. God bless you. Come on, somebody else. If you're ready to make that move. I feel it. I feel somebody. Come on, brother Jeff. Somebody come in. Someone else, if you're here. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Stand right here, brother. Maybe there's somebody else in. Maybe the devil told you to quit. The devil told you to give up. But God says, not this day. God is calling you wherever you are. Someone else, you hear the call of God on your life right now. On every I sense God is calling you. I feel this could be your moment. This can be your day. Yeah. Look at somebody and tell them, I feel like pressing my way. I feel like pressing my way. Somebody this close to giving up. God says, not today. If, if you're here and you're ready to make that decision, come on. Clap those hands. Give God a hand of praise for this brother. I'm gonna press my way. No trials hey, come. Don't come try on by the way. 
grace on every Look at somebody and say, I will not quit. Say, I will not give up. I feel like going. Everybody lift those voices, those trials. those hands for the benediction. <laughs> for the last time, look at somebody and say, don't you dare quit. Tell them quitting is not an option. Tell them don't give up. <laughs> Tell somebody, I'll see you back here next week. <laughs> I have even more to praise God for. How many of you are expecting to praise God for even more? <laughs> Though trials come, come no on, trials. Trials. No trials. On every hand, Lord, I feel like. Now may the Lord bless you, may the Lord protect you, may the Lord smile on you, may the Lord be gracious to you. By the way, to those that are listening by way of internet and radio, may the Lord show you his favor <laughs> and may the Lord give you his peace. And the church said amen. Go out and be blessed all week long, tell the enemy. I won't quit. I will not give up. <laughs> God bless you. I feel like it. I feel like going on. Don't try. One more time, y'all say, don't try, y'all. Make it, and you're gonna make it. So keep on running on.